Welcome to Pressure Points. Our topic is NVIDIA earnings. They're going to be reporting Wednesday, February 21st, after the market close. To say that their expectations are high is an understatement. The stock is up 200 plus percent over the past year. Currently has the third largest tech market cap, $1.8 trillion. Uh, that's up from $550 billion a year ago. So yes, expectations are high. I'm going to tell you what the pressure point is, is what is the growth rate in calendar 2025? That's where all eyes are going to be focused. But before we get into that pressure point, I just wanted to tell a little bit about the January quarter that they're reporting and some of the commentary they're likely going to have about calendar 24. In terms of the quarter, the street's looking for 236% revenue growth. I suspect that they can exceed that because they've been improving supply. That was a key topic. They mentioned that 16 times on their previous earnings call about the improvements that they're making with supply. They said they will continue to make improvements throughout calendar 24, and that should be a tailwind to revenue. Despite the law of large numbers and the difficulty to grow, I think their commentary about supply improving is going to have a positive impact. The street is looking for 60% revenue growth in calendar 24, and I suspect that that will all be in order and you probably will see a slight increase from analyst expectations. All that despite the negativity around what's going on in China, not only the macro, but of course the curbs, the restrictions that are being put in, these have been applied against NVIDIA for several quarters. They will continue to be applied on the last earnings call, that topic came up, and the company said that guidance would have been better. They didn't really frame it in, if not for some of these curbs in China. But I think we should expect those to continue. As a reminder, is that NVIDIA cannot sell their most advanced uh, GPUs to China. They can sell less advanced GPUs to China. And so I think when you look at the, the big picture relative to the negative of China relative to the positive of what's going on with AI, I think that the China piece over the next several years is going to be noise. So we're going to jump into the pressure point. As I mentioned, it's what is the growth rate in calendar 2025? And to put some perspective on this, I mentioned that the business is going to grow 236% in the January quarter that they're going to announce next week for calendar 24, 60% growth. For, this is revenue, and for calendar 25, 16, 1.6% revenue growth. So the street's basically looking for their business to hit the wall in calendar 25, in part, large part, because of law of large numbers, and also just this belief it's hard to imagine that this can continue. And when you look at that impact, that declining revenue growth rate on what the stock is trading on an earnings multiple, it reflects also this belief that investors think that growth is going to hit the wall in calendar 25. So uh, currently, the street's looking for about 20% earnings growth in calendar 25. I suspect that after they report this quarter, those numbers will be revised higher to probably adjusted higher to probably 25% growth. So think of this as after they report, the street's going to be looking for 25% earnings growth and the stock currently trades at 30 times the 2000 calendar 25 earnings. So growing uh, earnings kind of more or less at the same growth rate as the multiple. And that is in contrast to what we see from other companies. Uh, for example, Google growing earnings at 10, 15% and trades at low 20s. Apple 
uh, growing earnings at 9%, trades in the high 20s. And so different business with NVIDIA perceived as much more of a boom and bust versus a stable business like other large cap tech companies. But that is basically the pressure point is investors believe this is a boom and bust type of business. And I want to make the case that I think that this is not a boom and bust type of business, that this uh, business can continue to have uh, stability to it. And when we uh, think about that, like how far can this go and how long can this grow? I look at one of the comments, the first comment from CEO Jensen Wong on their last earnings call. He didn't say anything in the prepared remarks, but the first question, his uh, initial comment was related to uh, kind of how long can this keep going? And he said, generative AI is the largest TAM expansion of software and hardware that we've seen in several decades. So then you have to put that comment against, is he, is he clear headed when he says that? And what we've seen from some other hardware companies like AMD, for example, it would suggest that we're in the early stages of that. Uh, he later has gone on and talked at an event with Microsoft about some specifics about why this can continue and why 2025 and beyond can continue to be good. And he mentions three key drivers. And he says that the, f the first phase that we're in right now related to AI is the hyperscalers, the big tech companies building cloud infrastructure, and also AI startups. And he said we're about halfway through the build, the GPU build for those. And then he said that the second wave, which is kind of also just starting now too, he refers to as the enterprise wave. And he was at a Microsoft event and he referred to Copilot at that event, but just talked about enterprise applications. So this would be anything from like Salesforce or um, ServiceNow or any applications that we're all going to experience uh, using AI in the next several years. And he says that is kind of the second wave. Uh, he describes the third wave as the biggest wave, which is heavy industry. And I find that hard to believe, but I'll just keep going with what he talked about is that uh, generative AI will be used with all these industries, these kind of fundamentals of society, and ultimately be this third and most powerful wave of AI. I would add a fourth piece to it, and this is something that Jensen has talked about too, which is sovereign AI, the concept that countries will build their own AI that will be specific to their intelligence and also their culture. And I think those four drivers are part of the reason why I believe that NVIDIA can grow higher for longer. Another is just how their defensible piece. This idea is that, you know, could they see some erosion of their market share from AMD or other players coming up? At Deepwater, we're invested in companies that are building chips. These are long shot opportunities, but NVIDIA still has this uh, developer toolkit, CUDA, that is essentially a, def a de piece of defense that keeps their uh, their chips in high demand as these developers know how to write for NVIDIA GPUs. They want to continue to buy GPUs. So that's a second reason why this can continue to grow higher for longer is their toolkit. And then the third is just the broader concept about what's going on in chips related to AI. It has a little bit to do with the, uh, Jensen's first comments about these waves. But of course, Sam Altman and his recent commentary that the world needs five to seven trillion in investment in, in chips for AI and infrastructure and foundries. He didn't give a time frame. It's probably over the next decade. But that obviously speaks to how bad 
the 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 or how great the need is for these chips and obviously nvidia is in a great spot relative to that and so i think when you put all that together the light is still uh, uh not it, it still won't fully turn on about 2025 growth after the report this january quarter but i think that there is justification that this company can continue to grow faster for longer what is that growth rate Maybe it's 20, 25% for the next several years, but I think it's uh, measurably higher than the current 16% expectations uh, for calendar 2025. So I'll be back to you more after they report the quarter. Until then, on behalf of Pressure Points, bye for now.